What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Karen, we begin with a wild weekend in the world of artificial intelligence. Less than 72 hours after he was ousted at OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT, which he helped to create, Sam Altman has now been hired by Microsoft. He's going to lead Microsoft's new in-house artificial intelligence team. Bloomberg Originals host Azim Azhar, author of AI newsletter Exponential View, says Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella didn't waste time nabbing Altman. Satya has moved very quickly uh, to shore up uh, the commitments he has made to his customers. Microsoft has made a big bet on OpenAI, and the technology was now powering so many Microsoft products, including uh, their most premium office suite through the the co-pilot that was uh, sort of part uh, supported by OpenAI. So I think this is uh, you know very very rapid move on his part to ensure that Microsoft can continue to be a, a leader in developing and deploying AI systems for enterprises. Bloomberg Originals host Azim Azhar says Greg Brockman and OpenAI co-founder who also left is going to be joining Altman at Microsoft as well. And right now shares of Microsoft are higher by two and a half percent in early trading. Well, Nathan Altman was fired on Friday after the board of OpenAI said they lost confidence in him as a leader. And Bloomberg's Rachel Metz says OpenAI offered few clues as to the reasons for the departure. OpenAI leadership has put out memos internally at the company saying that the board hasn't said that there was any, quote, malfeasance or anything like that. So it's not totally clear what the board was initially even accusing him of doing when it got rid of him. And Bloomberg's Rachel Metz says OpenAI's board hired former Twitch chief Emmett Shear as chief executive. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella said his company looks forward to working with Shear and remains committed to the OpenAI relationship. Well, Karen, another big name in tech is in the news this morning for a very different reason. Elon Musk is defending himself after an anti-Semitic furor has deepened. More on that this morning from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John? And Nathan Musk posted on X that he is not anti-Semitic. And he wishes only the best for humanity. A backlash erupted last week after the head of Tesla and X agreed with a post that said Jewish people hold a dialectical hatred of white people. Advertisers like Apple and Walt Disney pulled away from X, what we used to know as Twitter. The Financial Times, meantime, reports that advertising executives privately urged ex-CEO Linda Yaccarino over the weekend to resign in order to save her reputation. Musk has a track record of promoting hate speech, but not everyone has abandoned Musk. Hedge fund manager Bill Ackman was among those who leapt to Musk's defense. I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Radio. All right, John, thank you. Now to the latest in the Middle East. The White House says a deal is as close as it's ever been for Hamas to release hostages in exchange for Israel freeing Palestinian women and children from its prisons. Deputy National Security Advisor John Finer says the agreement could involve a multi-day pause in the fighting in Gaza. That would first and foremost enable uh, the hostages to actually be released uh, safely, but that would also make it much easier to both uh, bring humanitarian assistance uh, into Gaza and also distribute that assistance. 
John Feiner at the White House spoke on ABC's This Week Heard Sundays on Bloomberg Radio. Israel also released video of a tunnel shaft near the Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza City. Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari with the Israel Defense Forces says it proves Hamas used the facility as a command center. Hamas was hiding and murdering our hostages in Shifa Hospital. Hamas was building terror tunnels underneath Shifa Hospital. Israel's government also says Iran-back Houthi rebels in Yemen hijacked a cargo ship in the Red Sea, threatening a key global shipping route. Elsewhere globally in Argentina, Karen, libertarian outsider Javier Malay will become the country's new president. Malay is promising a radical shakeup to fix decades of policy mismanagement. Speaking to crowds in Buenos Aires, the president-elect stressed the need for immediate action. The situation in Argentina is critical. The changes that this country needs are drastic. There's no room for gradual measure. And there's no way to say it. Long live freedom. Javier Millet spoke there through an interpreter and also highlighted Argentina's critical economic condition in that address to supporters. Markets in Argentina are closed today for a public holiday. Well, Nathan, the world mourning the loss of former First Lady Rosalind Carter. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has more on the passing of the wife of former President Jimmy Carter. Rosalind Carter has been a tireless humanitarian both during the administration and then after, also a mental health advocate of the First Order. Two years ago, she was asked, what makes a happy marriage? She says many different things, but trying to make each other happy every day. And do things together. We're look, always looking for to do things for fine things we can do together. She has been in hospice care. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Ed, thank you. Let's get you caught up on some corporate news this morning. We're watching shares of Bayer. They are plunging more than 20%. The German pharma and agriculture company stopped the main study of its top experimental medicine due to a lack of efficacy. Bayer also lost a key U.S. trial against its weed killer roundup. And Nathan shares a Julius Bear. They are down about 10.5%. The Zurich-based bank warning its full-year profit will probably decline. The firm says provisions for bad loans jumped. Futures on Wall Street are higher. S&P futures up a tenth of a percent, as are Dow futures. NASDAQ futures up two-tenths of one percent. Ten-year Treasury yield right now 4.44%. This is Bloomberg. Nathan, thanks. It's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Former President Donald Trump and Texas Governor Greg Abbott served Thanksgiving meals yesterday at an airport hangar near the southern border to nearly 200 border officials who will be stationed on the border over Thanksgiving. Afterwards, the governor endorsed Trump's 2024 bid for the White House. I'm here today to officially proclaim my endorsement for Donald J. Trump to be president of the United States of America again. Abbott praising Trump for his border policies. Embattled to New York Representative George Santos faces another resolution to expel him from the House after the Thanksgiving holiday. Ethics Committee member and fellow New York Republican Andrew Garbarino tells ABC News he was shocked by what the investigation uncovered. He took every opportunity av- available to him as a candidate 
to uh, to really game the system, all for his personal benefit. It, it, I was I knew it was going to be bad. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. The House Ethics Committee released its report into what investigators described as quote a complex web of unlawful activity involving Representative Santos' campaign, personal, and business finances. The major Los Angeles roadway, damaged by arson more than a week ago, reopened way ahead of schedule yesterday evening. California Governor Gavin Newsom says the I-10 will be fully operational for this morning's commute, but the work continues. When will we see those permanent fixes secured? That will be over the course of many weeks, uh, maybe a few months, but that won't significantly impact the commute or impact the five lanes that are now open in both directions. Police are searching for a suspect in that fire. They're asking for the public's help. Airports across the country are bracing for record Thanksgiving travel this week. TSA expecting to screen 30 million passengers over the holiday. Thomas Graham is in Detroit. He's flying to New Orleans, but he's not expecting big crowds at the airport while he's there. I'm not expecting delays because I'm leaving on Thanksgiving Day. So a lot of people try to leave before... Sunday after Thanksgiving is projected to be the busiest day with an estimated 2.9 million passengers taken to the skies. Global news 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Amy Morris and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, we do bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But now, as Amy said, you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Karen, no one could have expected this late in the NFL season for the Detroit Lions to have the second-best record in the league. They are now 8-2. and two. It's their best start to a season since 1962. Big comeback in Detroit. The Lions trailed the Bears by 12 points with three minutes left. Lions came back to win 31-26 despite an off day for their quarterback, Jared Goff. He threw three interceptions. The Cowboys are 7-3, and three, a point differential of plus 127, tied with Baltimore for the best in the league. Cowboys won easily at Carolina, 33-10. 49ers also 7-3. Brock Purdy, 21-25, of 25, 335 yards, three touchdowns, including a 76-yarder to Brandon Ayuk. 49ers beat the Bucs 27-14. The game last night won by Denver. A Russell Wilson touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton with a minute to go. The Broncos' fourth win in a row, 21-20 over the Vikings, who saw their five-game winning streak come to an end. Good one tonight. It's the 8-1 Eagles and the 7-2 Chiefs in Kansas City. It's a Super Bowl rematch. Syracuse has fired its football coach Dino Babers, had the job for eight years, went 41 and 55. So add Syracuse to the list of schools that will be looking for a coach for next year. Aaron Nola has already pitched nine seasons for the Phillies, and he is staying put. He was a free agent, but re upped with the Phillies seven years, 172 million. The F1 race in Las Vegas won by Max Verstappen. He's already won the season championship. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Karen? All right, John Stashauer, thank you. Well, coming up on Bloomberg Daybreak, we are going to be speaking with our own Kriti Gupta. We'll be discussing uh, the changes at OpenAI and, of course, uh, Sam Altman going over to Microsoft. Again, that's coming up with Kriti Gupta. And then we'll get the latest on the war in the Middle East. We'll be joined by Israeli government spokesman Elon Levy. Ahead of those conversations, though, futures on the rise with S&P futures up a tenth of a percent, up about six points this morning. And this is Bloomberg. 
Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager on the end of or what could be the end of a head spinning few days, just keeping on top of what's been happening at OpenAI. It started with the sudden announcement on Friday that CEO Sam Altman was being ousted. Then a tug of war between OpenAI's board and its biggest investors to try to get Altman back. Now the word this morning that Sam Altman and OpenAI founder Greg Brockman have landed at Microsoft, one of those biggest OpenAI investors, to run Microsoft's in-house AI team. Let's get more on all this now. We're joined by Bloomberg's Kriti Gupta. Did I sum it up well enough there, Kriti? You did, and yet there's still so much more to pack. I mean, the saga is so fascinating, Nathan. Uh, You mentioned Microsoft and OpenAI clearly have a close relationship. Let's put some numbers on it. Microsoft has a 49% stake in OpenAI. But now I guess the question is, what do you do with that stake if Sam Altman, and I believe it's been reported that half of the company's employees have followed him, are now going to be absorbed into Microsoft itself. Uh, But Nathan, I think we should talk about the market moves here. MSFT, your ticker, higher by 2.6% off that news. Macro read through as well. If you don't care about Microsoft specifically, NASDAQ futures popped on the news when uh, they broke at about 8 a.m. London time. So again, something uh, to watch very closely, but also read through into Alphabet, Google shares, G-O-O-G, down about 1% because now we are in direct competition with Alphabet's offering of their own AI platform, uh, DeepMind. So you are starting to see this become a a true kind of competitive take between Microsoft and Alphabet when it comes to the AI 
AI space. Even more of an arms race, potentially, when it comes to artificial intelligence. And what does it say now when you have the leadership of OpenAI now in charge of Microsoft's in-house team? And at least at the moment, Microsoft is saying they still want to have that relationship with OpenAI. I mean, can they? I mean, in theory, they can because of that 49% stake that exists. But I guess the question now really goes towards more, and this is not my area of expertise, admittedly, intellectual property and and where the founding of it is. If you look at the makeup of the board of OpenAI, the board that ousted Sam Altman, by the way, uh, it's made up of basically the brains behind ChatGPT. Your chief scientist, for example, that Sam Altman was notably at odds with, even um, Mira Murati, she was the chief technical officer over at OpenAI before she became interim CEO. She's been advocating for Sam to actually come back to the board. But other members of the board include experts in tech who are actually able to help create it. So it, there is a, a, a thought out there that perhaps Microsoft would want to kind of not only create their own AI team, but also have that exposure to whatever it is OpenAI takes on next, especially under their new leadership of the former Twitch CEO, Emmett Shear. All right. Bloomberg's Kriti Gupta will be checking back with you as we continue uh, to monitor developments with uh, Sam Altman, now former CEO of OpenAI, landing at Microsoft to lead their artificial intelligence team. Now we want to turn to the Middle East, where Israel and Hamas are said to be closer than ever to reaching a deal to free hostages taken in the October 7th attack that set off the war in Gaza. That would be an exchange, we're told, for a multi-day pause in the fighting. For more, we're joined now by Israeli government spokesman Elon Levy. It's good to have you back on with us here on Bloomberg. Elon, can you give us any further clarity on where things stand on these hostage talks? Israeli society is, of course, sick with worry for the fate of our 240 hostages, including 30 children. I really do mean sick with worry. People aren't sleeping properly. We're doing everything we can to bring them home. Uh, You'll understand that I can't comment on sensitive negotiations that are ongoing because human lives hang in the balance. We hope to bring these people home. But the less we say, the better at this point. Are you hoping to get all the hostages back? Uh, How would it work in terms of the number of hostages that could be returned and what would that mean for the progress of the war? We have two goals in this war in response to the October 7th massacre. The first is to totally destroy Hamas's governing and terrorist infrastructure inside the Gaza Strip so it can never pose a threat to our people again. And the second is to bring all of our hostages home. That is the goal of this war. We hope that they will be brought safe and sound. Unfortunately, it's been too late for some of them. Uh, Corporal Noah Marziano, age 19, was a female soldier. Yesterday, we revealed that she was executed by Hamas on the grounds of the Shifa hospital. We're doing everything we can to get the rest of the hostages out, including the 30 children, including the 10 toddlers under the age of five. We're sick with worry for them. We're demanding their immediate and unconditional release. And we're calling on the whole world to put all possible pressure on Hamas and its supporters. There is no excuse for abducting babies from their beds and holding them incommunicado for 45 days in a dark tunnel somewhere. To your point about Hamas reportedly using that hospital, Al-Shifa Hospital, as an execution point for hostages, that raises the question once again about whether Hamas uh, used that hospital itself as a command and control center. I know the Israeli military has released video that shows tunnel shafts near that facility. Does that prove that Hamas used that facility as a military post. 
And I think all the people who spent the last few days pretending that the Hamas terror tunnels were the next Saddam WMDs look very silly now that the evidence has come to light. Last night, the IDF released footage of a tunnel that stretches the shaft, stretches 10 meters underground on the grounds of the Shifa hospital. It then extends for 55 meters until you reach a blast door with a gun hole in it. Now, I don't know whether you've ever seen a blast door with a gun hole in an underground tunnel in hospitals near where you are. We certainly don't have them here in Israel. And that's in addition to the evidence that Hamas used the Shifa hospital on October 7th in order to hold hostages. Yesterday, we released CCTV footage from inside the hospital showing two hostages, a Nepali and a Thai citizen, by the way, being manhandled into the hospital. One of them doesn't appear to be wounded at all, and he's being dragged in by terrorists with a meat cleaver and with guns. The evidence is there for all to see. Unfortunately, the World Health Organization, none of the other UN agencies that have for many years been covering up for Hamas, have found the moral courage to condemn Hamas's use of hospitals as human shields. And we're demanding full accountability from these agencies that most probably knew and said nothing and still continue to say nothing. Obviously, we in Israel are suffering from this deep systemic rot in these international institutions, but they're failing the global community as well when something like terrorists using hospitals as a command center is something that they cannot go on the record and condemn. And to the, that point, Elon, uh, there has been the concern raised as well, as you alluded to, uh, from the World Health Organization, the United Nations, and now the United States, about the risk of civilians, non-combatants, uh, being casualties now with the fighting moving into hospitals and into uh, schools as well. How can you minimize the risk of further civilian casualties in this conflict? We are targeting Hamas and we're doing everything we can to get civilians out of harm's way. Unfortunately, on October 7th, Hamas declared war on us with the brutal October 7th massacre, and it chose to fight that war from within densely populated areas. You know, Hamas's whole strategy is based on human shields. It sounds evil, it sounds cynical, and that's because it is. Hamas has spent 16 years embedding itself under civilian areas so that it can hide behind women and children. And as our soldiers have gone through the Gaza Strip, we have uncovered tunnel shafts underneath a child's bed. We found missiles in the compartment under a girl's mattress. We found rocket launchers with the cables leading into clinics and mosques. And we've spent the last month urging civilians in northern Gaza to get out of the way because the fighting is going to get dangerous, because Hamas is trying to put them in harm's way. We're trying to get them out of harm's way. That's why we've been securing humanitarian corridors for people to leave. Our own soldiers have been shot at by Hamas terrorists with RPGs as we try to secure safe passage for Palestinians to leave. And I have to say it's tragic that Israel has been urging an evacuation since October 13th because the fighting is going to get dangerous, and UN agencies resisted and said that couldn't happen. And now the World Health Organization has finally come around to Israel's way of thinking that that hospital has to be evacuated to keep people safe. It took 38 days, and we hold the World Health Organization complicit with Hamas's human shield strategy and with any loss of life that has taken place in that time because of its gross negligence, because it dragged its feet and refused to facilitate an evacuation before the ground offensive and is now demanding that Israel complete that evacuation under fire, something we will, of course, continue to do because we don't want to see civilians hurt. We want to go after Hamas. 
In the last couple of days, Elon, we have heard that this war is moving into a new phase now with the fighting going on into hospitals. Can you explain more what the new phase of this war means? Is the fighting going to move further into southern Gaza? Israel is now operating deep inside Gaza City. We're striking at Hamas's control and command centers. And the Israeli army chief of staff said just at the end of last week, we're approaching the end of our campaign in northern Gaza to root out Hamas infrastructure and we'll turn to the rest of the Gaza Strip. Our response to the October 7th massacre, to that horrific terror attack, when 1,200 people were butchered, massacred, tortured, mutilated, burned alive, raped, in the most brutal way imaginable, is to eliminate the terror organization that did that and is openly promising in interview after interview to do another October 7th and another October 7th and as many as it takes until they murder every man, woman, child in our country. This war must end with the total eradication of Hamas. And we know that we stand shoulder to shoulder with the free nations, with President Biden in the United States, who wrote in the Washington Post yesterday, this war must end with the total destruction of Hamas. This war cannot end with Hamas free to reoffend, because if this war ends with Hamas still in power, it will perpetrate more atrocities against our people. It's a genocidal terror organization that openly says it wants to murder every person in this country, destroy the state of Israel, and we will not let it. This was the straw that broke a very strong camel's back, and this war will end with the end of Hamas. Thank you for joining us, Elon. I hope we can reach back out to you uh, in the days to come. That's Elon Levy with us this morning, spokesman for the Israeli government. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.